healing. Every time I teach on healing, actually, yes. But before that, the week coming up to the times I preach on healing, I'm always attacked and my family is attacked by the devil in regards to sickness and injury. Um, so I'm going to preach on healing tonight, and that happened again. My wife sprained her ankle a few days ago. And uh, last night, my daughter Kaylee got really sick, fever throwing up, and she had croup. She couldn't breathe. Um, that's what croup is. Um, she's been hospitalized for that in the past. And so that's scary when your kid can't breathe, right? Um, today, Sarah came down with whatever Kaylee has. And then right before I left for here, I came down with whatever that is. So no kissing or hugging Nate tonight. <laughs> Levi. Um, What's cool about God, well, there's a thousand things cool, about, a million things cool about God. But one of the cool things is that sometimes when we're a little down, and I was a little down, I wasn't discouraged, but I was annoyed, okay, about all the stuff that's going on. Um, God likes to give us encouragement, amen? amen? And for whatever reason, this sickness stuff is something that we have to walk through right now. Um, it's not a lack of protection or that God isn't good or anything like that. It's just something that we need to walk through, and the Lord encouraged me in that. Um, and when I was driving, I was like a mile from my house, this was this morning, and I saw a bald eagle off the, uh, flying near the road. And I, God often encourages me through animals. That's not a theology, it's just something God does because I love nature and I love animals. And so um, this is not the first time this has happened. And so I see a bald eagle off, flying off near the road, and I slow my car down on Silver Lake Road. And um, then it turns and it flies right above my car for the next, like, half a mile. And that would be encouraging for me anytime, but it was really encouraging today, not just because of all the stuff that's going on, but because I had that exact dream, like, two months ago. Like, two months ago, I had that exact dream. I was driving the same vehicle, and a bald eagle's on the side of the road, came over, flew. Um, and so that was really encouraging to me. And then the Lord gave me the following scripture from Isaiah, chapter 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But he who waits upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. And that was just a cool encouragement to me today. Because uh, right now I feel really faint. Like literally I might faint. Because I don't you know, just feel really that way. So God knew that was going to happen. And it's something that in this case I have to persevere through. And he was promising me through a dream two months ago. And through that eagle today and through this scripture. That he's going to be with me and that he has a plan. See the devil doesn't like it when we talk about things like healing because it gets him really scared. Because if we start actually living this book, he's screwed. Okay? He likes to lie to us and get us to believe stuff that isn't true, like, well, I, I'm, I'm nobody special. I can't pray for anybody to be healed. Or I'm not even sure if God heals today. Or I prayed for somebody once and they didn't get healed, so it doesn't work. He tells us all this stuff in order to get us to not do it. Because he desperately does not want us to pray for people to be healed. Why? Well, think about what Jesus did. He healed people, like, constantly. 
It was the main way he spread his gospel of the kingdom of God and of salvation, is by showing God's love through healing. And Jesus knew that that is what he wanted us, his body on earth now, to do as well. And the devil is scared to death that we're actually going to start doing it. He's scared to death that we're going to start obeying what Jesus has called us to. And so he tries to do silly things like make us break our ankles and get sick and stuff like that. But it's not going to work because God is cooler. So let me ask you this. Amen. You can say amen. Has anybody ever prayed for somebody to be healed? Anybody? Okay. Sweet. Has anybody here ever seen somebody healed by God? Like you're positive. You've seen. Don't be shy. Raise them high, folks. Okay. Awesome. That's really cool. Is there anyone here who themselves has been healed by God? Cool. Awesome. Hey, that's, that's quite a few people. That's great. Wouldn't it be awesome if God healed people like every week here? Do you, do you think that'd be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if we were so encouraged by what God does that we start praying for our friends, our family, our coworkers, and people out there like Jesus did, like the apostles did, and we saw them get healed? Would that be awesome? Or would that be totally neutral? <laughs> would be freaking awesome, right? Wouldn't it be awesome if this community became a place that was so submitted to the authority of God that we became a place where cancer can't survive? Would that be cool? Is that a cool phrase? A place where cancer can't survive? I was proud of that, so I had to say it twice. I believe that's what God is wanting. I believe he wants to give us a massive upgrade in the area of healing. I believe that God wants to make this a community where people get healed, like freaking all the time and where God anoints us to pray for others for healing. That's where I believe God is taking us. I think he's literally going to make us a place where cancer can't survive. And so how do we get there? What does that mean? Well, does God still heal today? Obviously he does, right? In Psalm 103, verse 3, the Lord says, I am the Lord who heals all your diseases. So that's old covenant, and God is defining himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. I'm the Lord who heals all your diseases. And so God has always been a healer. That's who he is. It's part of his nature. He is the God who heals all our diseases. And Hebrews 13 says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still that God. He's still the same God who heals all your diseases. But now we have an even greater benefit. Because not only does God, is God able to heal us and does he want to heal us, but now, because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we have access to that healing all the time. Amen. Good with the amens. Good job. Isaiah 53 says, Surely he, prophesying about Jesus, surely he took our sicknesses and carried our diseases, and by his wounds we are healed. The cross accomplished a lot of things. Amen? We know that. It paid for our sins so that we could live forever in, with God, join his family, but it also paid for our healing. It says that he took up our sicknesses and carried our diseases, and by his wounds, the wounds he received on the way to the cross and on the cross, by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus paid for our healing on the cross, and that price was steep, right? I mean, Jesus didn't die for nothing. Amen? It was a steep price, and he wants us to experience what he paid for. If Jesus, <coughs> pardon me, if Jesus took all those wounds, and yet we don't bother to pray for healing, <coughs> sorry again, and we don't bother to pray for healing, then what did he do that for? 
I, I, don't, I don't want to do that. God wants us to pray for healing. He paid for it, therefore we can. And Matthew 8, 17, after Jesus has healed a whole ton of people, Matthew says, he did this in order to fulfill the scripture that says, he took our illnesses and carried our diseases. That's what Jesus has done. He wants us to obey him in pursuing healing. The healing that he paid dearly for. It's already ours. It's ours in the heavenly places. Dave talked about this the other week. In Ephesians, it says, we have been given every spiritual blessing in heaven. But here on earth, we don't always experience every spiritual blessing. Right? And so that's why Jesus, when he taught us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth like it is in heaven. In heaven, God's will is perfectly done all the time, no matter what. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no stress in heaven. There's no frustration in heaven. There's no fear in heaven. None of that stuff is up there. And therefore, there shouldn't be that on earth among us either. And Jesus taught us to pray that. He said, pray your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth in the same way it's done in heaven. In the same way your will is always perfectly done in heaven, may it be done on earth. And we're told by Jesus to pray that. And he wants us to do it. And faith is the primary conduit, I think, by which the things of heaven that we have been given up there come down to earth so that we can experience them here. If you look at Jesus' healing miracles, of which there are like three bazillion and three, um, roughly, um, almost all the time when it actually tells a story about Jesus healing a person, it says that Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Okay? Anybody read the Gospels before? It says that like all the time, your faith has made you well, your faith has made you well, your faith has made you well. So faith is part of the package deal when it comes to healing and how we receive the healing that Jesus paid for, how we get it from there to here, so to speak is through faith. So what is faith? Um, when, when the Bible's translated into other languages and other countries, because they don't all speak English, because um, English is a weird language, and when it's translated into a lot of those other languages, it's often translated as believe obey, like a hyphenated word. Believe obey. That's what faith is. Faith isn't just belief, right? Because the devil and all his demons believe Jesus died on the cross for the sins of all mankind. They do not have faith in Jesus, do they? Of course not. They believe it's true. They saw it, right? It's a fact. But they do not have faith. The difference between belief and faith is obedience. Obedience. We don't just believe what Jesus says. We obey it. We act on it. Faith involves a step. It says that in James. Faith without works is dead. What that means is faith without doing something isn't even faith. It's just belief. And maybe it's not even belief if you don't bother to do it, um, I would argue. And so faith is belief plus obedience. Okay, so in the context of healing, we believe that God wants to heal us. God can heal us and he wants to heal us. I could give you another thousand scriptures, but it's all over the place in here. So read this if you're not sure whether or not God can and wants to heal you. That's the belief part. We believe God, you can heal me, you want to heal me. The obedience is to obey what Jesus said regarding healing, which is to pray. That's it. It's simple. Pray. Jesus said, pray for healing. Pray and ask that God will heal us. That's all. That's all there is. Belief and obedience. Belief and prayer. We believe God wants to heal, and we pray for healing. That's it. So we're not talking about a monumental size of faith that's required. We're talking about a teeny, weeny, barely see it size of faith. All you do is you believe what this says, and you do it. You obey what it is God has said, and you walk in that faith. Now, no matter who you are, you can do that. No matter who you are, you can pray for healing. 
It's not something for only super Christians. I don't even know what super Christians mean. But like, it's, it's not something for special people or people who sing or, or, or preach or whatever. We are all called to pray for people for healing, uh, even kids. Uh, before I left, my mom was over helping out because Sarah and I are both working right now and we have sick kids and stuff. And uh, my mom was praying for me for healing before I left. And my baby, who's 22 months, came over and put her hand on me to pray for me for healing, the, the sweetest thing ever. And that's legit, folks. I can tell you stories about kids and healing. Um, when I was either six or seven, my great-grandma had cancer. And it was my turn to pray at the dinner table, and I prayed for the meal and everything. And then I stood up, apparently, I'm told this by my parents, I stood up and said, I rebuke the spirit of cancer in Jesus' name. Six. I did not know what that meant, I can guarantee you. Okay? Pretty sure that was my first prophetic word, right? Well, she was cured of cancer. They sent her home from the hospital, and she lived, you know, for years in a nursing home. She was almost 91 before she passed on to heaven. God heals people. It's not about how much you know. It's not about how cool you are. It's not about how powerful you are. It's not about whether or not you pray, like, with, with King James English and, and all this kind of stuff. It's not about any of the showy things. I'm not saying King James Bible's bad. I'm just saying. It's not about that kind of stuff. It is about God. God wants to heal. We can't heal. It'd be cool if we could, in a way, but we can't. That's not how it works. God is the one who does the healing, and he wants to use us to pray for people to be healed, and we can have the faith to do that. He really wants to heal you. He really does. He wants to heal you. He wants to use you to heal other people. Uh, like a month and a half after I got married, I was in a church softball game, and uh, I was going to swing for the fences, right? This was going to be just sweet. I was going to show everybody how awesome I was. I planted my right foot in a nice little divot to give me some good traction. I swung big, missed big, and my right foot didn't move as the rest of me spun around. The result of that was that my knee came out of my leg, like off to the side of my leg. Like my kneecap was literally next to my leg, still in the skin. It didn't like fly out, <laughs> but like my kneecap... Like, a leg is like this, my kneecap's right like this, and I'm going, uh, like, not good, not good. Uh, my father-in-law, Steve, comes over and just goes like this, pushes it back into place. Um, that felt awesome. And so it, it was, and it was bad. I, I, I couldn't put weight on it. It was really, really swollen. Like, a doctor was like, don't even bother coming in yet, because it's too swollen, it's too messed up. It took, like, three or four months for the swelling to go down enough for the doctors to even be able to look at it. And they're like, you're going to need surgery. Now, we didn't so much have what you call health insurance or money. And so this was sort of problematic, right? Um, and so I kept getting prayer for healing constantly. I mean, I, I must have gotten prayer 20 or 30 times at least, and I was praying about it all the time. Um, one night I, I like rolled over weird. I must have hurt my leg because I woke up and it hurt. And I woke up and I'm just like, Lord, just heal my leg. Please heal my knee. And I started praying like midnight. And God's like, keep praying. Keep praying. Like right now, keep praying. I'm like, all right. Uh, so I kept praying. He's like, keep praying. So I kept praying. And I kept praying. I kept praying. And an hour goes by, two hours go by. And then God says, now start thanking me for healing your knee. And I'm like, it's not healed yet. I didn't, I didn't have a good theology of faith. Because in Hebrews, it says faith is the assurance of the things we hope for, the evidence of the things that we do not yet see. 
That's what faith is. And so by thanking God for healing my knee, I'm exercising faith. And that's what God asked me to do. This isn't a formula, by the way. The formula is obey what God tells you to do. Okay. Um, don't be like, all right, four hours. And, then, um, and so I was thanking God for healing. And then he said, now take off your brace. And I'm like, okay. So I took it off. And I'm like, it doesn't, it's not as bad. It's still really stiff and hurts, but it's not nearly as bad. And so I kept praying, thanking God. I was just worshiping him because it was getting better. And then God's like, now stand up. And I'm like, um, so I stood up. And as soon as I stood up and started walking, it was healed. Like, boom, 100%, totally fine. And the next morning was Sunday morning, and I was dancing in church. Um, yeah, God is awesome. Clap for that. God deserves clapping. Um, now, again, that's not, a, that's not a formula, like, do all these things. The, the, the result comes from God, not from us performing certain ways. But we continue to pray. We are persistent. I had been praying for that thing for months and months and months and months and months. And God hadn't healed me. Why not? Why hadn't God healed me? Do I give up? Well, I guess God doesn't want to heal me. I guess he heals some people, but he's not going to heal me. Okay, that's a lie from the other guy, right? I kept praying because prayer is persistent. If there's one thing Jesus teaches us about prayer is that prayer is persistent. You keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And if you have faith, if you believe that God can and wants to do this, and you're going to act on it, then you're going to keep praying. You're not going to stop. Why would you stop? It's not about you anyway, right? It's about Jesus healing you. And so I kept praying. And that's the lesson. Persistence. Keep praying. Don't stop praying. And God will do the work. And he loves to. You don't have to convince him to do it. Like, he loves to do it. He gets him, like, super excited when people pray for healing. He loves it. You don't have to convince him with strong arguments or with, I will give this up and I will do crazy things. I'll become a monk if, if you heal me or whatever it is. That, that's, not, that's not the way the cross worked, right? Jesus paid the sacrifice once and for all, and by his wounds, we are healed. Matthew, uh, Mark 16, Jesus said this about us. These signs will accompany those who have believed. They will lay hands on the sick and... Sometimes something might happen. Wait, no, that's not what it says. They will lay hands on the sick, and what? They will recover. A sign of those who believe in Jesus is that we lay hands on the sick, and they actually get better. But here's the problem. If we don't ever bother laying hands on the sick, it's going to be pretty tough for them to get better. Right? The issue isn't that God is stingy. The issue is... We have, I don't know what it is, fear maybe sometimes. We're worried about looking silly if we pray for someone and they don't get healed or, or whatever it is. I don't know. The devil tells us all this stuff, right? We've all experienced this. Please tell me I'm not alone in, in feeling that way sometimes. I have felt that way before. Ah, I'd, I'd love God to heal this person, but if I pray for him and it doesn't work, that's a problem for me. Or it might be a problem for them. It might ruin their faith. That's why I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's better for them. It's, it's better. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said they will lay hands on the sick when they're mature enough to receive non-healing. And No, no, no. He said lay hands on the sick when they will recover. It's simple. It's a simple, simple thing. That is what Jesus has asked us to do. That's the obedience piece. That's the prayer piece. We pray for others to be healed. This should be a normal thing, like Dave was talking about. The supernatural should be a normal thing. Jesus wants this to be a normal thing. Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. That's in the imperative mood. It is a command of Jesus to his followers. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Are we doing it? <laughs> Are we obeying? 
I'm not trying to come down on you. Don't, don't, don't feel condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? But there is encouragement to do what it is God has told us to do. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to encourage us to do what Jesus has asked us, which is to pray for people to be healed. John 14, 12 through 15. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking to us. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, you will obey what I command. That's Jesus talking to us. He promises us that we can do the same stuff he was doing, and even greater things. That sounds awesome, right? Even greater things than Jesus. He, the dude rose the dead. Like, greater than that sounds pretty cool, right? I personally believe that we are entering the days of the greater things. I think we are entering that time. I think many of us, if not all of us, are going to see some of those greater things take place through us. Not because we're awesome, because Jesus is awesome. Amen? It's, it's not about us. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. And so this is what Jesus has asked us to do. So what if it doesn't work? What if you pray for someone and they don't get healed? Are you going to quit praying? Have you ever taken medicine and it didn't really do anything? I have. Oh, I'll take this medicine. I didn't, didn't really help. Does that mean that next time you go to the doctor and they prescribe medicine for you, you're not going to take it? Well, one time medicine didn't work for me, so I'm not going to take that pill. No, that'd be nuts, right? That'd be crazy just because it didn't work once, okay? We keep praying even if we don't see it happen right now. And sometimes we might have to pray for, year, for weeks, months, years. For my knee, I had to pray months. It didn't happen right away. We love it when things happen right away because we're super impatient, and so we want to pray and see it happen. And yes, on to the next one. Pray, see it happen. Yes. Now that's awesome. I love that too. Okay? But most of the time, it seems to me, that prayer requires persistence. And that's how we walk out our faith. That's how we prove that we really believe this, is that we continue to obey and obey and obey. Um, I have a genetic condition called hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia. You will be quizzed on this. Uh-huh at a later date. Um, I don't need to go into it. It involves the heat. That's why sometimes hot, hot things are really hard for me. Um, I don't sweat at all, so I get overheated really fast, and then I get sick, and there's like fainting and, and, and heat stroke if things don't get cooled off. Um, and, and there's a lot of other things involved with that as well. It, it's lousy. It, it's not fun. It's not cool. I've had it all my life. Literally every cell of my body is messed up. It's a DNA thing. And my family, including my sister and my brother-in-law, have prayed up for me to be healed my whole life. I've prayed my whole life. I have probably had hands laid on me literally hundreds of times, many hundreds of times, to be healed of this. And in 37 years, I am not yet healed of this. So should I give up? Should I stop praying? Lord, I gave it 37 years. That was good enough. If, if you haven't healed me by now, you're never going to. Now, it's easy to say, no, don't give up, Nate, keep praying. But when it's you and you're praying for someone else or for yourself, it's a lot easier to listen to those lies that the devil puts in your head. Well, he's just not going to heal you because you're too sinful. Because Jesus didn't actually pay for your healing on the cross. He didn't pay for your sins on the cross. Other people maybe, but not yours. Lies, right? Lies. The devil lies. That's what he does. Jesus calls him the father of lies. So don't believe it. Don't give up praying for your healing. I am never going to stop praying to be healed until I get healed. 
After I get healed, I'll probably stop. But, I, but I'll be really thankful, and I'll keep praying, thanking God for healing me. Um, I'm going to save this next story for another time. So this is reality, folks. God wants to heal us. All he asks is that we pray. It's not about us, it's about God. We just say, yes, Lord, I'll obey you, and I'm going to pray for healing. Um, I believe God wants to give us a huge upgrade in the area of healing. I think he wants to start healing people left and right. I think he wants to use you to do it. Anybody agree with that? Anybody want to see that? I believe God wants to eventually turn this community into a place that is so humble and submitted to the Spirit of God, and God is so Lord and so in charge that this literally is a place where cancer can't survive, where someone with cancer walks in and they walk out without it. Cancer-free zone. I, I prayed for that when I was six, and it worked. Um, and it's not just because I didn't know anything. <laughs> God wants to do this. So I'd like to pray for healing and transition a little early into some ministry time. Um, do, do we have communion? Yeah. We do? Yeah. Great. Um, first off, uh, does anyone want to receive prayer for healing right now, like up front, guinea pig style? Nathan, come on down, winner. So I'm just going to show you how I often pray for people to be healed. I'm just going to demonstrate it, because sometimes if we haven't done it that much, it might be like, I don't know how to do that, whatever. Um, and let me tell this story really quick. I think I told you this story once. Um, wow, you're prophetic. And so, my, uh, we're going to do it in just a minute, Jeff. And so, um, my very first mission trip, I was 19 years old, freshman in college, Mexico. We are ministering among native peoples who didn't even speak Spanish. They were the poorest of the poor. They literally lived in a garbage dump and would pick through the garbage to find stuff they could fix or sell or whatever, and that's how they made a living. These are poor people. Real poor, not like uh, Minneapolis suburbs poor, right? And anyway, so uh, we, ha we had this evangelism time, and people were coming forward for prayer. And so many people came forward for prayer to receive Christ that there weren't enough translators to go around. And this guy comes up to me, and he starts talking. And I had no idea what he, I think I spoke more Spanish than him, and I speak un poquito Spanish. So this guy was like hunchback, okay? Not like Quasimodo hunchback, but like jacked up back hunchback. Like his back was like, like this. And so he came up to talk to me like this. He's like talking to my stomach in whatever, you know, native Mexican language he spoke. And um, I'm like, no translators, no translators. Er. Okay, well, God, this guy clearly needs healing, so let's pray for that. And so I prayed for this guy for healing. Now, I grew up in a church that prayed for people for healing. I saw people getting healed all the time. This wasn't weird for me. Um, but it got weird quick. I was praying for this guy's back. I put my hand on his back. And after like maybe one minute, it started getting really, really hot. Hot, hot, hot. I don't know if my hand was hot or his back was hot, but it was hot. Now, again, I had been around this sort of thing before, so I knew that sometimes that's like a symptom or, or a sign that God's doing something. Sometimes that happens when God's healing power is present. I don't know why. There's a lot of scriptures about fire and stuff like that. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It doesn't always happen, but once in a while it does. And I knew that, so I was like, this is good. Cool. Awesome. God, keep doing it. Keep doing it. This is so cool. Heal this guy's back. And I'm thinking, this would be the craziest thing I've ever seen. If a guy with a back like this got healed. And so I kept praying and kept praying. And pretty soon I felt his spine, legitimate, 
moving around under my finger. And I was like, ah! It was super creepy. Uh, but I put my hand back on it, and his, his back was like going like this. His spine. Like, lower half of his body, still, top half, spine. This guy is bawling uncontrollably at this point, which often happens, pause, often happens. When the Spirit of God, when the presence of God overshadows us and is really, really strong, sometimes our emotions can't handle it because we're not used to it. And so we cry. And we're in the presence of God, and we're worshiping, and we're bawling our eyes out. We're like, why am I bawling? I'm not sad. This is weird. It's because the presence of God is on you, and sometimes that overwhelms our emotions or even our physical body. Okay, so the guy's bawling. His back's moving around. Um, maybe 10 minutes, not very long. The guy's back is straight, and he's standing straight up, and he goes from being like this to being taller than me. Okay? And he's like jumping up and down. And I'm like, it's, it, this is a cool thing. You got, you got to see this. Um, and so I prayed for some other people, and the next day was Sunday, and he came to the service with his family. And he found a translator, and the translator comes to me, and like, did you pray for this guy yesterday? And I'm 19, so I'm like, am I in trouble? What did <laughs> and he goes, he didn't come up for healing. And I'm like, oh, I am in trouble. I'm in trouble. And the guy goes, he came here to get some food. See, we had been giving out bags of food to people in the area because they were poor. And he said, he came to get food for his family because his back was so bad that he wasn't able to do any work. His family was literally starving to death. And so he came to ask, please, for some food. And I was too naive to know that. And so I prayed for his back. And instead of giving him a bag of food that would last a few days, God healed him. So then he was able to provide food for his family forever. And they all came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, obviously. Right? So God likes to do this kind of stuff. And... Um, that was the first time I've seen it. I've seen it more since then. I'm going to pray for you now. Again, not a formula, right? If, if there's no fire, it's still cool. So what would you like prayer for, my friend? So I have a condition. Well, let's just, yeah, wait one minute. So, so I have a condition called eosiophilic esophagitis, which means that I cannot swallow my food very well. So what happens in a very basic nutshell is my esophagus gets very closed up, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so without medication, I've actually had food get stuck in my throat before. And I've had to go to the doctor and the emergency room and all that. Yeah. So I don't want to have to do that anymore. Amen. So that's what I want healing for. Okay. Sound good? All right. In, in the New Testament, Jesus typically prays for healing like this. Be healed. That's typically how Jesus does it. That's how the apostles do it. Be healed. They just command them in the name of the Holy Spirit to be healed. And that is a perfectly legitimate way to do it. So I'm going to start out with that, and then I'm going to listen to see if God has anything specific. Like with me, when it was my knee, he wanted me to keep praying. He wanted me to thank God and all this kind of stuff. So we'll listen. If anybody else gets a word, go ahead and share it. But let's just pray and listen to the Lord for a minute. Father, I thank you for Nathan. Thank you, you are God who heals. You want to heal. You love to heal. You love Nathan, and you want to show him your love through your healing power. We thank you, Lord, that it says in your word, as we read, that by your wounds we are, present tense, healed. We thank you for that. Pray that you would heal this esophagus, whatever it is that's causing this, that you would heal it, that you would cause his body to line up under the lordship of Jesus Christ, that it would obey your command. 
that it would obey the reign of heaven and not the way his body is currently acting. It's misbehaving. So put it right. Let's just, let's just wait on the Lord for a minute. And Nathan, you don't have to do anything. Just sit there and receive, but expectantly. Is this something you've had for a long time? or? Yeah, like since high school. Okay. So, 10 years. That's too long. Yeah, it is too long. Do you think it came from anything specific? Some sort of injury or event? No. Um, what I know about it is it just typically happens in young 20-year-old white males. That's just kind of how the doctors have seen that, and since I put the description, I have it. Okay. Anybody getting anything specific they want to share? Father God, we thank you that you're a God who heals. That's who you are. I pray that you would increase Nathan's faith. Thank you that faith is a gift. I pray that you would help him to walk that faith out and make it real for him. Not believe any lies that he's not going to get better. Um, I come against and just rebuke any doctor's prognosis that says, you're going to have this forever, or it's (laughs) never going away, or anything like that. What they're saying when they say that is, if things remain unchanged, this will never go away. But God makes all things new. Amen? Amen. Amen. He is the equation changer. And so he can come in and heal you, regardless of what any doctor has ever said. And so I just rebuke any negative words that have been spoken over Nathan or anything he may have believed about the fact that he is stuck with this and he just has to suffer. That is a lie from the devil. We thank you for your healing for him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You want to swallow something? Or? <laughs> uh, do you have anything for me to eat? Well, communion. communion. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll try it out. Sit down. We'll do communion. Right. Uh, let's pass out the elements now. Um, throughout the history of the church, communion 
and taking communion has been something that people do when they're sick. Why do you take communion when you're sick, Nate? Well, I'll tell you why. In the Bible, it says the communion is about proclaiming Christ's death until he comes. We proclaim the death of Christ until he comes. And as we read earlier, part of the death of Jesus Christ, part of him shedding his blood, was for our healing. Amen? He took our sicknesses, he carried our diseases, and by his wounds we are healed. So when we celebrate communion, when we declare the death of Christ until the day he returns, part of that is declaring our own healing. We declare that Jesus died for us, he suffered for us, and by his wounds we are healed. And so please hold on to it. Sorry, I should have said that. If you haven't, that's fine. But if you still have it, hang on to it for a second. Um, And when we take this together in a moment, and when we receive the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, into our bodies. I want you to do that in a way that receives the grace of God into you, into your physical body, that receives the grace, the power, and the presence of God in you. As his presence literally is in you, in communion, I want you to grab a hold of that. Uh, Yeah, I will. And so those who need healing... I'd like you to take this as part of that process of receiving healing through the presence of God. Um, The Bible teaches us that on the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is given for you, for your healing. Every time you eat this, remember me. So let's all take this together. Okay. And in the same way afterwards, he took the cup. We're going to pray to turn this water into wine. Thank you, Lord. He took the cup, and he lifted it. This was the fourth cup. In the Passover service, there are four cups of wine. The fourth one is called the Yeshua cup. The word Yeshua means salvation. It's also the name of Jesus in Hebrew. It's because the Passover foreshadows Jesus and his death and resurrection. And okay. Grab some more. And so he lifted it, and he blessed it, and he said, this is the blood for the new covenant which has been spilled for you and for everybody else. And as often as you drink this, remember me. And so when we take communion, we're remembering the blood that Jesus spilled for us, which includes the blood that he spilled for our healing. Amen? By his wounds, we are healed. And so once we get the rest of our cups... We're going to drink to the healing of our bodies that Jesus paid for through his death. If you don't have some, raise your hand so he can get to you. Raise your hand if you need it. All right. Let's drink together. And why don't we 
close the communion portion by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. One of the things I haven't talked about yet is that there's something called the gift of healing. There are supernatural gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, prophecy, miracles, tongues. Healing is one of those. And sometimes God gives someone a gift of healing, which just means that's something that they do more often. But we're all called to pray for healing all the time. Remember, a sign of those who believe is that they lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So I'd like to ask, is there anybody here who feels like they have the gift of healing? Okay, great. If you feel you have the gift of healing, could you come up here? Anybody who feels they have the gift of healing? If, if you received it once, and even if you haven't walked in it yet and seen it walked out, take a step of faith and come on up. All right. I'm going to pray for you quickly just to receive more power and authority to walk in the gift that the Lord has given you. Amen? So just stand there and hold out your hands and receive a gift. Is it okay if I put my hands on everybody while I move around? Father God, I thank you for the gift of healing. I knew you were supposed to come up. I thank you for the gift of healing that you have given each of these. And I pray for more of your power and authority in their lives to walk this gift out. I pray that you would give them opportunities to use their gift of healing and that it would be seen to mighty effect when they pray. Give them a lack of discouragement. Encourage them when they need it. Even if people don't get healed, give them perseverance and faith, Father God, to walk out this gift in power and authority which you have given us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now stay here, please. Would anyone like to receive the gift of healing? When, is anyone like, I think, yeah, that would be really cool to, to pray for people and see them get healed, like, all the time. Would anyone like to get to heal? Come on up. Anybody wants it? Come on up. It's, it's, it's an all-you-can-receive buffet. Right? Jesus is not stingy. We don't serve a Scrooge McDuck God. You guys remember Scrooge McDuck? Yeah. I'm revealing my age a little too much. Okay, go ahead and just, just crowd around. And if some of you guys could move over there just so everybody gets, their, gets hands laid on them, those of us who have the gift of healing are going to pray for an impartation of that gift onto you. In the Bible, in Timothy, Paul says, remember the gifts that were given to you by the laying on of hands. So sometimes through the laying on of hands, that's how the Holy Spirit works through us to impart a supernatural gift to someone. Everybody with me? And so we are going to pray that this Holy Spirit would give you guys the gift of healing now. And so those of us who have received it, we're going to spread out and pray for you. So just stand there, hold out your hands, because you're going to receive a gift. I pray, Lord, that you would give these the gift of healing. We thank you for your wonderful gifts, and we receive them. I give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. I give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. I give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. I give you the gift of healing 
in Jesus' name. Give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. Give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. You'll sneak over to the choir. I give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. I give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. I give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. I give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. Did I miss anyone? I, I don't want to find it. I give you the gift of healing in Jesus' name. I give you the gift of healing. In Jesus' name. Now, everyone who just got prayed for, I want you to please repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus. Gifts of healing. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given me the gift of healing. I receive it in Jesus' name. Please give me faith to walk out this gift that you have given me. Lord, I give you my life. Please use me to spread your love through healing as you heal people that I pray for. Amen. All right, now, who needs prayer for like themselves? Why don't you raise your hands? And I realize more than half the group is up here. That's okay. Let's, let's spread out and just get into small groups now. And everybody, keep your hands raised if you need healing. If you really want healing, raise your hand, and people are going to come pray for you. So you guys, who now have the gift of healing, move into that direction and get everybody into a small group. And everybody who has their hands raised should have a few people around them. And let's just pray for each other. Okay? And if there's a few in their group with their hands raised, that's okay. You can take turns. So go ahead and move around. You can stay up here if you want. But I'd like everybody who has their hands raised to have one of you guys praying for them, too. Anybody back there? Hands raised, need some healing? Healing? I need some healing, for sure. 